Welcome back to the Society Case Files podcast. My name is Robert and I'll be your host. Today I'm primarily going to talk about Cyberpunk 2077, but I wanted to start off with a quick antidote about uh, some purchases that I made this year that uh, were, were at least a little interesting. So I've got a whole lot to talk about. I'm going to dive right in. The pandemic has made a lot of equipment very difficult to get, and you don't have to look any further than a new console or a GeForce 3000 series video card to just see how hard stock has been hit. Now, I was really lucky with the Xbox Series X, as a friend of mine got two during the pre-order, and I just agreed to buy one. But another friend really wanted one, and he didn't get in on that, so we decided to try and pick one up on all the restocks. And there are a lot of different sites and services that you can use to warn you when a restock is coming. And as a result, he and I kind of came at it from two different angles in an effort to get up one. Uh, I'll tell you that for the first couple weeks, we were just failing left and right. Uh, scalpers and bots and whatever else, site crashes, you name it, it happened. And then one day I received a notification that Best Buy would have Xboxes the next morning at 6 a.m. Now, I was really interested in upgrading our computers. Our uh, primary machine for doing music and voiceovers was getting a little old, and it was having some trouble when I did some mastering recently of our Carnival of the Poison Rose CD. It was just, I had restarted several times, and it was really time to look at doing an upgrade. And when I priced out an upgrade on Amazon, it was going to cost around $900. And at that point, I was thinking, maybe I should upgrade my primary machine that I do art with instead, and then use trickle-down computer parts, put the better parts from this into that, and so on. But when I priced that out, it was just over $2,200. So I was thinking, I'm not really going to do this unless I can get a 3000 series card. And if I have to wait until next year, then so be it. We'll just struggle on with that machine. Now, I get up really early to check out this Xbox on the Best Buy site. And I start the process of refreshing over and over again to, to get my hands on it. And I had this vision I thought, wait a minute, if they're getting new Xboxes today, maybe another site has a 3000 series card. So I hopped over to Newegg and I checked and no, they did not. But they had some pre-built machines that did. And this happened around the time I was looking at an Alienware. I looked at CLX Gaming and they were all pretty reasonable uh, options. Uh, but none of them had the 3000 series card. And even if they did, they weren't going to be able to get me a machine until sometime in January. Uh, the Alienware was actually a really nice machine, and I'm not really a big fan of Dell, but I have heard that some of the parts are better quality now than they've ever been. So I thought about just grabbing one of those. But ultimately, I ended up grabbing a machine off of Newegg that was pre-built, and it was dramatically better than anything else I looked at, and it came with a 3000 card. And not only all of that, but I would get it the next day. <laughs> so um, here I've got this 3000 series card coming. Great machine. All my computer problems solved pretty much in one go. Unfortunately, we did not get an Xbox through the Best Buy site, but I was looking around uh, after the the time frame ran out, which roughly is around an hour, I figured. There's no way we're going to get an Xbox from Best Buy after an hour. 
So I did a, a quick Google search that asked, did Best Buy even have any Xboxes? And I found this article that talked about uh, how the restocking works. But at the bottom of that article, the, another one started and it said that Walmart was going to have Xboxes in like 20 minutes or something. It was going to be at noon and I was looking at the site at 1140. So I waited. I get to Walmart and sure enough, it says coming soon. I'm like, really? Okay, so I guess you're not going to be selling me an Xbox today. So I hit refresh a few times and all of a sudden it says add to cart. I'm like, you've got to be joking. So I hit add to cart and I was just trembling. We have been looking for these Xboxes for weeks. It was nuts. And I managed to get all the way through the checkout. I actually bought it and we got an Xbox. Now it said that it wasn't going to arrive until sometime in January. So I, I, I'm tracking it and I'm like, why, why would it take so long? Am I pre-ordering from them and they're not really going to get stuck until January? That didn't really make a lot of sense. But when a day or two passed, I checked the tracking again, and sure enough, it had shipped, and now it's going to be here the day after Christmas. So my buddy gets his Xbox a little early. So in a lot of ways, I kind of pulled off the impossible this year. I've never had that kind of luck when it comes to buying new stuff, whether it be the Switch or an Xbox One or any of that stuff. I've never been able to just get one when it first comes out. And here I've I managed to get two Xboxes and a 3000 card. Now, granted, the 3000 card did require me to buy an entire new machine that had all the parts in it. It wasn't like I could just buy the video card, but ultimately it has been absolutely worth getting that machine. It's It's been super fun to uh, to have something so powerful and so fast that I didn't have to build. And that's the other thing. I've had to build every computer I've ever bought. So to finally just be able to essentially plug it in and go was really nice so in any event uh i can say that if you've got the time which i did and the ability to sit by a machine and really watch this stuff i guess it's possible to get those uh, i th i still think i was really lucky but this availability thing has been crazy town and it's not just these hard to get items that are out of stock power supply units for computers have been troublesome too my sister needed some upgrades and we just put together something for her to play the sims and it was nuts trying to find a place that i could get the right gear just to do that so all around i have to say it's been really crazy this year just just we tend to think about, oh, we have to wear masks or going out in public is kind of stressful or way more exciting than it should be. And then you only think about the dangerous stuff. But there's been a lot of other smaller things that maybe not impact you daily, but they do impact you when you need to, say, fix your computer because something happened to it. You might actually have to wait an extra three or four days to get a part that you could have gone out and picked up yourself or ordered and had it the next day and that's just not the case right now and uh that's true of motherboards and processors i've seen it across the board it's crazy so anyway i just I, i'm i'm not bragging i just think it was really insane and i was very excited that we managed to get that stuff and the guy who got his xbox nobody could be more excited than he was because he had pretty much given up the uh any hope of having one until they restarted in you know, February or March. So exciting for him. Anyway, 
So the nice thing about this, and, and the reason that I wanted to talk about the availability before moving into cyberpunk, is because, as I'm sure a lot of people who are going to listen to this know, Cyberpunk 2077 has had some shaky beginnings, to put it lightly. And I always wanted it, but I knew it wasn't going to run great on my old computer. I had a 1080 Ti, and looking at the system requirements, I just didn't think I was going to get the kind of performance that I wanted out of the game. And considering that they were really pushing the ray tracing stuff, I couldn't see it working very well on my Xbox One X when it was confirmed that I absolutely did have an Xbox Series X coming. I was all in. I was going to get it for that. I figured it would run great. I had hoped they would have put out the next-gen version when it came out, but obviously they didn't. That doesn't come for a while. And so when... We got really close to release. I pre-ordered it on the Xbox, and I was able to preload it. Everything was great. I was pretty excited about it. Then I started to hear about the bugs and stuff from the reviews, because the early reviews came out and said, this is a buggy mess, but it's still a lot of fun. And then the developer said, hey, they didn't get the day one patch. It's a lot better with that, so don't worry. You're going to have a much better experience. Um... I was so excited that I actually changed the location on my Xbox to New Zealand so I could play it pretty much the morning <laughs> that, that, that uh, it came out here rather than at 9 o'clock at night. And I was able to get in and make my character and start playing. And honestly, I have played a lot on the Xbox. In fact, I've finished all of the endings that you can get and I've done a lot of side quests and really, really, really dumped time into it. I'm going to tell you that it crashed a grand total of one time on the Xbox One X. And that was because I did something really crazy. I essentially fell into a uh, dumpster after doing a crazy double jump for no reason. I was just fooling around and I fell into the dumpster and my character became stuck and the game locked up. And that was it. That's, that's the only problem that I had that was sort of game-breaking in uh, in in that platform um that's not to say that there were not a lot of bugs i did experience quite a few bugs and uh, i'll talk about those in a moment but after i finished it i got my new computer and um i hadn't done i probably did maybe 30 or 40 percent of the side quests on the xbox maybe i mean there's so many it's crazy so i'm probably way off uh, but when I got the new machine, somebody got me Cyberpunk for Christmas. So now I had it on the PC. And I've loaded it up, and this computer meets all of the requirements and recommendations to do ray tracing at the absolute highest graphics you can get in the game. Sort of how they probably intended you to play it. And I can tell you that it has been stunning. It does look dramatically better. Now... I cannot tell you that it was so much dramatically better that I regretted playing it on the Xbox. It still looked great there, too. It was fine. And once you really get into the gameplay and start moving around and doing things, a lot of the small details that you get from ray tracing are sort of lost on you. I have to stop to appreciate those things, because when I'm shooting stuff or hacking things or whatever, 
I'm primarily looking at the interface rather than the environment. In the environment, you can soak it up. It's very cool. It's a little more dense on the PC. But ultimately, between that and the next-gen Xbox, it was it was negligible. And I, I can't say that I would spend all the money you need on the PC in order to play it, especially when they're going to give you a version on the Xbox Series X or PlayStation 5 that utilizes that hardware and pushes the the look on those consoles as well. Um, let's talk first about all of the drama that CD Projekt Red is experiencing right now. I have some pretty strong opinions about it. I think that they're getting raked over the coals for a whole lot of reasons. Some of it their fault, some of it not. The stuff that's not their fault, I feel like 2020 has put us in a position where things that don't go as we want or hope are going to take a heavier beating than otherwise. In other words, we have dealt with so much crap this year that when something comes out that we were really hoping for that would help us get through uh, another month of misery and it's not up to snuff, it's just that much more frustrating. And I think that's where a lot of rage comes from, from gamers. Because the people who are playing Cyberpunk are probably the same folks who are playing Fallout or Skyrim or Mass Effect. And some of those games came out with a lot of bugs, depending on the platform you played, especially Bethesda games in general. In fact, all of the flack that CD Projekt Red is taking right now, Bethesda has to be cackling because the worst they've received is Fallout 76. And yeah, I mean, it was very similar as far as people being raged out. But before that, they had plenty of buggy games. I mean, they were a joke for a long time to me, especially. I remember Daggerfall way, 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 way back. When they'd release patch notes, they'd be pages and pages of stuff they fixed. Just stupid bugs all across the board. And... All the way through to the modern day, Skyrim had plenty. And they were, some of them were game-breaking, in fact. And Valhalla, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, had a game-breaking bug at the very end. You play through the whole thing, you get to the last mission, and you're just done. You're just stopped, because you can't progress due to a bug. Fortunately for me, I got to that point in the game after the patch where they fixed that, but only by like a day and a half at most. So I was pretty lucky. I think that CD Projekt Red's game, it's not catching things on fire. I'm not entirely sure why people didn't just take a deep breath and go back to playing Valhalla or Destiny or Call of Duty or Watch Dogs or any of the other games and just give them a chance to to patch it a little bit. Instead, they all knee-jerked and freaked out and now there's lawsuit foolishness coming around and all this crazy stuff. It's just it's kind of stupid. And I saw a headline that really drives home how foolish it is. I saw this thing say, gamers disappointed that they can't play the cyberpunk game that they got a refund for. What? Anyway, that's just a a great example of why this has been such a fiasco, not just on the side of the dev and, and the company, but, but, the people who are doing these things too. They just need to take a deep breath and not be hitting the button refund for raging for, you know, just because they were a little disappointed in some bugs. 
I'm going to give you some real examples of what I've experienced and seen in a few minutes, but I know that on the PlayStation, for example, the game was crashing almost constantly, and that is beyond frustrating, so I understand uh, frustration. I still don't understand, let's refund it. Again, these are the same people who are playing things like The Witcher and that sort of thing, and they know that this company will fix those games and make them amazing after you know another week or two. They've already made great strides. There's been two patches, and they've been pretty encompassing. They've done a lot of stuff that I've seen. So, um, all around, I understand where people are coming from. I just think they should have been a little patient. However, all that said, here's what I think from the developer side of the house, where they screwed up. I did a damn good job of staying away from the hype of Cyberpunk. In fact, I didn't really get that excited about it until, I'd say, October. And then I was really pumped up for the release in November. And then it got pushed out. And I was actually, quite honestly, very disappointed. Then a bunch of dumbasses were out there throwing death threats to the company about delaying it again. By the way, I think those are the same fools who were out there getting refunds because it was buggy. (laughs) But that's another topic. Anyway... The developer, I remember when they started releasing videos for this. It was a while ago. They were pumping this and hyping it up in a in a in a unrealistic way for a very long time. I'm reminded of Ultima 9. I loved the Ultima games. They were just fantastic. And every time they came out, they were pretty ambitious for the time. Uh especially because Lord British really has this this vision for pushing the envelope of role-playing games. So when Ultima 9 comes out, before he released it, and it was harder to hype things, the internet wasn't quite as, you know, it wasn't in everybody's home. So you had to go out of your way to find this information. But he was really pushing all this crazy stuff. You'd have housing and relationships and animal husbandry. I mean, he was almost like that one guy who made uh, Black and White and Fable. I can't remember his name offhand. Uh, but he's just making all these crazy promises. And then when the game came out, it was insanely linear. And you just basically went through. Uh, you would do some quests overland, do a dungeon, and that town would be fixed. And you'd move on to the next one. And while I loved the game just for so many reasons, it was not at all what they promised. And that's what happened with Cyberpunk. They hyped the hell out of it. They showed all kinds of crazy videos with incredible graphics. Better than even what I've seen on my computer with the best graphics that you can set it to. With lots of promises, and then they simply did not deliver. And a lot of that comes down to these death threats they received and the investors who are like, I don't care about all these pre-orders. When is the game coming out? We put a lot of money into this. And they said, fine, it's coming out when we said, you know, go crazy. And people did. People went nuts. And then you read articles about how even the people who work there are like going after their management and stuff saying, what are you guys doing? Why did you do this? You know, this is our reputation on the line and you guys borked it. And... You know, that's that's just how it is. They they pulled in Bethesda. Maybe they thought that they could get away with it the way Fallout 76 did. I don't know. I don't know why they did it specifically. Other than the fact that they had been hyping it for so long that it 
probably seemed like it was time. I'm sure there was some greed involved, trying to get a little bit of holiday money out of it, that sort of thing. But whatever the case, they released a very flawed product uh, that frustrated a lot of people. And let's let's talk about that a little bit. My general impressions of Cyberpunk are that it was the most fun I've had with a game in so long I can't even remember. I was addicted to it when it first... I, I mean, honestly, I'm still addicted to it. I had to turn it off to do this podcast. I love the game. Absolutely adore it. The story is incredible. It's in, engrossing. The character is amazing. They did so many things right. Uh, there's a lot I'd want out of it. So this is not just me fanboying. I genuinely loved the game, but I do have criticisms. Uh, I liked how they presented it. I like the combat. I like hacking. I love all the stuff they put in. It's just fun. It's a fun game. I love the side quests. They are really neat and, and they're varied interacting with the different characters is neat the fixers and that sort of thing I do feel they could have beefed that up considerably but maybe they were planning to i'm going to get into that as well because i think there was a lot of cut content here tons in fact there are things that you see when you're running around in the world that look like they should be available pawn shops as one example i've seen them all over the place and they've got big prominent signs and they're all locked so i'm pretty sure they were supposed to be in but let me continue with my impressions before we get into the missing stuff. I found the game very immersive from the very beginning. You have a prologue based on your life path, and you have three life paths, Corpo, Street Kid, and the Nomad. And each of them has a little mini story that gets you into the game that sort of gives you some background of your version of V and then helps you establish what happens next. And I like that a lot. Assassin's Creed did it uh, with Valhalla with your character being a child who's hanging out with their parents and then you witness the raid on your village and that sort of thing. So it helps you become uh, um, invested in Eivor's quest and, and their life. And, and it did a good job here with Cyberpunk as well. Um, much like Fallout 4 did because I was really excited about Fallout 4. I mean, in that game, you're born and you actually do a bunch of small things uh, as your character grows up to become more invested in not only the um, the vault you came from, but your character's father and your character itself. And I feel like New Vegas, for example, failed at that. Your character is a no-name courier working for this company that when you get shot and helped, you you go back to that company and they don't even know who you are. So there's not really as much investment in the character as there was in, in the other title. And I think they do a good job of, of that in Mass Effect too. They, they give you a very brief background in that one, but once you start playing it, you become quickly uh, invested in Shepard's path. And I think that Cyberpunk shares the DNA of Fallout and Mass Effect and, and those types of titles, Outer Worlds and that kind of thing. And much of my criticism is that they didn't take more from those experiences and incorporate them into the into the game. So you have a lot of character choice in Cyberpunk. You have different uh, dialogue options that can change the event of a quest. 
Uh, it's not as much as I would like, but it is still fairly substantial. A great example is one of the first quests. There are so many ways to go about completing it. You can just go in and pay for the item and walk out with it, even though it's already been paid for once. You can con them with someone else's money and start a big shootout. You can just start killing people right away. I mean, there's a whole bunch of ways to do it, and that was really fun and very interesting because I've now done that particular quest three different times. Uh, And the most recent time, it was super easy because I picked a different path of... uh, Uh, stats and things and I've kind of walked through the whole mission but it was really neat because my very first time I tried I did it with you know sort of not knowing what I was doing in the game I picked like guns and 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 was sort of a jack-of-all-trades and I'm gonna tell you it was really tough I actually really struggled through that first one and the second time I I had a different character who was more body focused and brawling and that sort of thing and I clubbed my way through it and then this most recent time i did it i used hacking and i was very sneaky and stealthy through the whole thing and you can do that and there's many quests that you can do that with so beyond the character choice how you build your character allows you to overcome obstacles in different ways as well i have double jump on one of my characters so i'm able to like get up on buildings so that i can come at objectives from other angles and that's really neat and it doesn't penalize you for that kind of thing uh there are so many different things to do it's mostly missions though so there's not as much going and hanging out with your buddies and drinking i mean you can go and pay prostitutes and that sort of thing and drinking comes down to a vendor pops up and you buy the booze and then you'd consume it so uh, that might be a little disappointing because part of the game has a look and feel of grand theft auto and so if you're trying to compare it to those games it's not those games at all you have to remember that it's more fallout less gta just because there's driving and and an open world does not make it gta it is definitely a fallout style game you know you've got levels you've got statistics to buy up when you shoot people you see numbers appear over their head uh guns are not as powerful as melee weapons in most cases um with the caveat i'm gonna say that with the caveat i have not pumped enough points into any specific style of gun to make it better than say my club uh with one of my playthroughs with a club i was taking out bosses in five to ten hits whereas if i would have used a gun it would have taken hundreds of rounds of ammunition probably one of the most interesting things about the game is how it starts off and feels like pretty much any other video game that has first person combat it's you taking missions and being snarky and shooting people getting stuff done acquiring resources and building your character up At a certain point in the game, it does shift that feeling, and it becomes very emotional. All of the endings messed me up. They were incredible. I will tell you, I was just... I was a wreck. And it did take me all day to go through all of the endings. You do have the opportunity to experience each ending, uh, because it does give you a nice checkpoint right before you, you go on those different missions. So I was able to take care of them. It did take me all day, and it was worth it. It was super fun, and I 
uh, I was just floored by it. And that, that really did help me feel better about the game in general. Uh, all of my complaints that I'm about to talk about were mostly salved by that. And I think that some of them will be fixed by the uh, by patches. And some of them will be fixed by adding content. But let me move into some of the things that I am very critical of. The bugs on the Xbox were mostly just annoying. They were things like you'd loot a gun and the information for that gun would just stay on the screen until you reloaded your game. You'd just be stuck with this sitting over your uh, ammunition bar or some other part of your interface would be obscured by something else that came up and was supposed to fade away and it wouldn't. That was pretty obnoxious. Another really annoying bug was occasionally you would just lose NPC voices. And in that case, you would have to completely exit out of the game, restart the Xbox, and you'd get back in and it'd be fixed. Uh, that primarily happened when I do a quick resume and just start playing again. I'd notice that that particular bug would hop up again and again and again. It's pretty obnoxious. Um, other than that, again, the bugs that I saw were just cosmetic, characters walking through walls, getting stuck, NPCs doing insane stuff, um, some things that weren't bugs but were kind of obnoxious. Uh, there's a guy crying on the side of the road, and someone is trying to console him. And I walk up and I talk to him, and he's like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> so it's just, why is he crying? You know, why are you even here? Um, the cut content is crazy. There is just so much you can tell should be in the game. And it's just not there. Uh, whether it's like the pawn shops I mentioned before, or additional factions that you can get involved with, or even deeper resource management. A great example is... Right off the bat, you get a message that says, hey, you're behind on your rent. Well, there's no way to pay your rent. And if you just ignore it, nothing happens. I get the feeling you were supposed to have to worry about that and maybe actually pay for the damn thing. Uh, there's other apartments and places to live in the game, but you don't ever have to really do anything to acquire them. You just get them throughout the course of the game. You don't have to pay for them or any of that kind of thing. But they are really, really interested in you buying an ass load of cars, at one point, I was starting to wonder if all the fixers had just changed jobs to become used car salesmen because they were just constantly popping up. Hey, we got a new car for you. You want it? It's this much. And that was nuts. Um, there is a mission in the game where you are going out and addressing cyber psychos in the world. And uh, the person who gives it to you wants you to bring them in alive so they can be treated. And I really feel that was a missed opportunity to have another faction, somebody else telling you, we don't want them alive. Whether it be some corporation that's trying to get you involved or whoever. Uh, it would have been cool if somebody else would have been like, yeah, we know that that person wants you to keep them alive. We're willing to pay you to kill them. And maybe they won't offer as much, but it'd be easier to do. So it would have been a nice alternative. But no, you've got to actually bring them in alive. And... Oddly enough, that quest seems a little bugged because I've read that some people have accidentally killed them and ruined the quest. Whereas I was using a sword and I cut one's head off and I sent the message, they're still alive. And she's like, thanks. And it continued to progress. So <laughs> I have no idea what was going on there, but it would have been nice to have an option 
And that's really what it comes down to quite often with cyberpunk is it would be nice if, and then insert whatever it is that you were hoping for, whether that is the fact that there are five endings, but it feels like there should be more because you should have had the opportunity to work with different people and that there were organizations that should have been a little bit more involved or more upfront in the game. And those life paths should have had more impact rather than just an extra dialogue option here and there. I I feel like we got the early access version of Cyberpunk. And that's actually true of several games lately. The Avengers was also a early access. And that was a little bit more obvious. Because at least with Cyberpunk, I got a complete story and it felt really fun. and And it didn't crash on me. I know all the PlayStation guys, that sucks. But... For me, it, it it operated normally. But with the Avengers, I had crashes. I had all kinds of crazy problems. Other people had their progress reset. And these big AAA titles rushing to get out. And I'm saying rushing, even though some of them have been in development for years upon years. Uh, in the last few weeks, they just rush to market. And then you end up with with problems and whether that is bugs like cyberpunk or missing content as in cyberpunk as well it's such a huge impact to the experience and it kind of sucks because now that i've finished it and again i had the greatest time i look back and go but i really wish here's some other things that it's just missing there's no barber you can swap out your arms your legs All kinds of stuff, but you cannot change your hair and you can't change the way you look. I can promise you that by the time I got to the end of the game, my character probably would have changed a few things about her appearance. Even if she didn't necessarily want to, it probably would have happened just through play. Um, I have to say that the graphics on the non-PC version, they do have some problems. Uh, You'll see some textures pop in. Uh, some draw distance will will be working and then flicker out and then work again. So you have that kind of stuff going on. And that's more distracting than anything else. I'd say that on the PC, while you might not notice all of the ray tracing and beautiful graphics going on, you don't have any of the distraction of there being graphic problems. Now, that's not to say that you don't have other foolish things that, that detract you from being immersed, such as uh, characters that drop into a T-pose for no reason and then run around and do stuff again. But there's that. Clothing options. My goodness. They should have at least had all of the clothing options available that you see on NPCs. Same with hairstyles and colors. There are many different outfits that I've seen in the game that I'd be like, hey, that's kind of cool. And I searched every clothing shop in the world and did not find any outfits like that. They don't have any sort of leggings or fishnets or any of that stuff. They're on NPCs, but you can't wear them. Uh, You've got a pretty limited palette to customize your character when you look at the world itself. And they really, that was, that was silly. Uh, Hats in particular are really bad. The head headgear is terrible. And I, I saw on Reddit, somebody circled it and said, there is no hat in this game you're going to get me to, to wear no matter what the stats are. And I'm, I'm kind of with them on that. I didn't find any that I liked. Uh, I did finally get some really cool-looking clothes for my PC character, but I was kind of going for like a, a cyber goth look, and it worked out okay. 
But if you're going for something more like what you see in the in the game uh, advertisements and stuff, it's a little harder to do. Um, some of the voice acting was subpar uh, right off the bat, too. You know, right when they're supposed to be putting their best f- foot forward, they had quite a few moments where I was like, whoa, what what is going on there? Who Who is just reading that from the page without even understanding what it means? Uh, so that was interesting. Um, just a quick thing back on hair colors. I've seen plenty of characters running around with all white hair. I was trying to make Ophelia right off the bat, and, and while they did have purple eyes, they did not have white hair. So that kind of sucked. Sex scenes. You can run around and pay joy toys to have sex. And it's a little racy. You see breasts. And they they move around. And first person sex is very strange. But um, you have to wonder why in character creation you can adjust the genitals to such a degree but you never actually see them in the game. I'm not saying I needed to see penises and vaginas in the game, but if you're going to show that right off the bat in character creation and have multiple styles of penis and multiple styles of pubic hair, why are they not visible in the game? Why did we waste time uh, putting that in when it's it's not really a factor. There are other things that should have been focused on in character creation rather than how long the schlong was and that sort of thing. Um, there was one sex scene that I thought was pretty darn racy and actually really surprised me. And uh, that one came as close as uh, I think they get to it being a little bit over the limit to where the game might have been considered adult only if the ESRB actually saw that scene but whatever uh on that note the romance options are very limited as well uh you basically have only two characters per gender that you can romance and i thought that was very interesting there's so many people in the world that would have made sense to either have long-running experiences with or anything at all but no they just focus on on two each and so that was a little strange. Um, weapons themselves don't have a lot of customization, which is odd that they have such a focus on crafting. I mean, one of the stats really goes into crafting quite a bit. But you don't have extended magazines. You don't have um, many options for the uh, barrel. So you you basically have a silencer. You don't have muzzle brakes or any of that crazy stuff. They kept it pretty limited, honestly. And for a role-playing game where you're kind of min-maxing stats, it's very strange that they didn't just add a whole bunch of that kind of stuff. You know, quick loaders and all all manner of, of items. I was thinking about this the other day. There's a game called Alpha Protocol kind of slipped under the radar for the most part. I don't think it got very good reviews. And it was a spy role-playing game. And I actually really liked it. But it is probably the closest to cyberpunk of any of the other games and it did have all of the stuff i'm talking about all kinds of things you could modify Uh, it was actually a lot of fun too but um this game really shares the most with that over anything um i expected them 
to spend more time on guns and gear and, and that sort of thing. But speaking about that, I don't know if it's a bug or not, but when you're looking at your character on the, uh, on the character screen, you'll see some statistics. And one of them is armor. Now, on my clothing, I've got crazy mods adding to armor, but it doesn't seem to contribute to that number at the front of my screen. So I don't really know how much it's contributing and how much it's helping, and if it even is. I've got cyberware adding a bunch of armor, and again, I don't know if it's helping because that number is not updating properly. Probably a bug. But in general, Cyberpunk is a very statistic light game. It doesn't really offer you a lot of feedback on what's happened. You don't know how many shots you've fired. You don't know how many tiger claws you've killed or how many animals you've fought or any of this stuff at all. Not like in other games where it actually gives you this rundown of how much have you done beyond some achievements on the Xbox like kill 300 people with long-range weapons or kill 100 people with melee weapons or whatever the case may be. They don't have that stuff. And that would have been really fun to have as well. How many miles have I driven? How many miles have I run? Uh, how many times have I been hit by a car? The number is going to be a lot. And I've got to bring up a really amazing bug there too. There's a power you can get under body that means that bad guys can't knock you down anymore. It's pretty frustrating. They'll whack you with a hammer or whatever and you fall on the ground. So you get this power and you're done. There's no more falling. Unfortunately, what that means is that if you get hit by a car, it's way worse than if like you get tagged by one when you're just running around and you don't have that. You take a little bit of damage, maybe 20 points, and you hit the ground, and then you can get back up and run off. If you've got that power and you get hit by a car, you die because the car goes straight through you and you just flatline instantly and you're done. So it's funny that this power that is supposed to make it to where you're basically incapable of falling over will kill you because of uh, the way cars work. I'm going to talk a little bit about combat before I wrap this up. Combat itself feels a lot like every other game that you play with first-person shooting. It actually has a really good feel to it when you're when you're firing a gun. The disadvantage is that the guns don't do a lot of damage until you either get higher-powered ones or start putting points into your skills that increase their damage. Because... Um, up until then, people are kind of bullet spongy. And where that is very silly is that they are not spongy to a baseball bat. I would run up with my bare hands or a club and just take dudes down in, as I said earlier, three to five hits. I'm bringing down normal guys in one hit at this point in the game because I really did focus my character that I finished the game uh, on body. So I got my body up to 20 and I spent all my points in street brawling. I'll tell you why in just a second, but that character was just running around whacking people with sticks when guns were barely hurting them. These sticks were taking them out real fast. So, kind of cheesy, but I've seen that before in role-playing games where melee weapons are just obscenely overpowered compared to the firearm counterparts. Uh, There are a couple of things that are really overpowered in Cyberpunk. One of them is the melee weapons, and the other is hacking. This run that I'm doing in the PC with hacking, I've only gotten in maybe three major gun battles the entire time I've played, and my character's already level 18. It's nuts 
how easy it is to just wander around and hack people. And most of the time, those are non-lethal attacks, so they survive, too. I mean, if it was as easy as it is for my character, the police would never have to take to the streets. They would just install cameras everywhere that were bulletproof, and they would take care of crime from the comfort of a nice secret lab's chair and chill. It's, it's that silly. There is a side quest in the game that involves brawling. You just basically go to these different um, arenas, for lack of a better term, and throw down with guys. And some of them are funny. Some of them are a little frustrating. The real issue is they pretty much assume (laughs) that the only reason you're even going to try is if you go full brawler. Because I have spent a lot of points in brawling, and the last fight is still considered high danger. And he still takes me out in two hits. Now, each of the ones before him, I got them to the moderate danger, which means they're right around your level. And I've been able to do them, not necessarily easily, but I was able to finish them. But man, I mean, I'm level 33 with all of the points in Street Brawler, and I still just was getting owned by some of these guys. It's nuts. Now, there's some cheesy ways that you can actually uh, defeat them. Uh, There was actually a way that you could do it with an exploit where you drop a club in the arena and then go and start the fight and run over and grab it and beat them with that. <laughs> and you were doing more damage, so so you'd win quicker. But uh, they did fix that. You can't do that anymore. I have to say that was probably my most frustrating moment in the game is dealing with those uh, those fights. Because I spent so many points on that. I really wanted to win those. And they were just very tough. And it was a pain to get all of the the perk points and spend them that way and and forsake other things that might have helped in other parts of the game and now let's let's talk about that for a moment why is that a problem because in most role-playing games we're now used to being able to respec our character spend our skill points differently spend our attribute points differently in this game i got my body up to 20 and some of my other attributes are getting close to that and you only get a single attribute point per level And there's 50 levels in the game. So you're not going to be able to max them all out. And if you make a mistake, if you, say, accidentally spend a point in reflexes when you're not really using the equipment that is governed under that, then that point's gone. Because there is no respecting ability scores. You can respec your perks. It's a little expensive, quote unquote, but you will be able to use that item and reallocate all of your perks, which do help quite a bit. They are very game-changing in a lot of ways. Um, and it just feels like this was something else that they they might have missed. Uh, or it was in the game and they dumped it. Or maybe they really didn't want you to, to be able to respec your ability scores. But I kind of find that hard to believe, considering that we're in a world where there's people running around with different fingers and new faces and new legs. I'm pretty sure they could pretty easily reprogram your body so the ripper doc should be able to do that i think this is just one more example of the game not being complete and needing more time to cook all around the game is still a great time and i think that if your platform of choice is not crashing you should keep the game And you should definitely play it and finish it. The story is fantastic. 
things I want to see in the future. I want to see more endings for this game. <laughs> I want to see more paths that lead me to the end. I want to see the ability to work with Militech or Biotechnica or any of the other corporations. I want to see more of the factions getting involved. I, I can't get into what happens without some spoilers uh, as to what I'm meaning by that. And I'm not going to do spoilers this time like I did with Valhalla because this game's a little bit newer and uh, I think this has a bigger impact uh, when you see it the first time than Valhalla ever would because, let's be honest, we all kind of know what's going to happen in an Assassin's Creed game. There's going to be some foolish uh, modern-day nonsense and we're going to go to some, you know ancient one's temple and do stupid parkour and then find some other ancient piece of technology that's screwing up the modern day. Whereas with cyberpunk, it's a lot more like the fallout games or mass effect where as you get towards the end, you want to see what all of your decisions have done for you and how they've impacted your experience. And I think that this is why we needed more factions. For example, in fallout four, we have like, the Railroad, and the Minutemen, and the Institute, and the Brotherhood of Steel. So you've got all of these folks that not only can you work with, but you can betray them at a certain point, or champion them, and see an ending based on what happens with them. Whereas in Cyberpunk, there aren't as many of those, and you're not working with them as much. Even though they exist within the world. As I've said before, there's all kinds of gangs. There's the Tiger Claws, there's the maelstrom uh, the animals the voodoo boys and then there's the corporations you've got um arasaka and militech and biotechnica and then there's the trauma team you could have had a whole quest line working with them it's just there's i know that they did a lot they've got a lot of game here don't get me wrong there just needed to be more you know to to meet the promises they made to have offered the immersive experience they presented in all those videos and everything else, they needed to have the stuff I'm talking about. They needed to have more corporations and more of everything. It just needed more and <laughs> more time uh, above all. If this would have come out next year in December of 2021, providing that they weren't sitting on their hands, leveling up characters in Shadowlands, then I think that we would have seen the polished version of what they wanted to present. Would it have been as awesome as that video of the cyber psycho sitting in the street with the two mantis blades and the uh, max tech showing up to throw down with her? Probably not. I don't think that was a smart move on their part. I think presenting that video in such a way in the way they did, it hosed them. I mean, they shouldn't have done that. They should not have been hyping it for as long as they did, and they shouldn't have done it in the way they did. Fallout 4 started getting hyped in August, and then it came out a few months later. In fact, I remember watching the video, the teaser reveal, and I was like, that's going to be amazing next year. And then when I saw that it was coming out in a few months, I'm like, oh my god, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm super excited now. Because I hate when they tell me about something that's coming a year or more down the line. I'm like, what do I care right now for? Come on. You know, this isn't, this doesn't even make sense. And the investors can't possibly be so immature that they need that much 
constant attention to, to show them that people are going to buy a product. I mean, they already knew that people were fanatical about CD Projekt Red from Witcher uh, products. And they've done such a great job with Witcher 3. Why not just trust them and let them keep making it under the radar and not announce it? Or, or they could just say, hey, guys, we're working on a cyberpunk property. And I know you guys are going to be really excited about that, but just hang tight. And when we're closer to release, we'll talk about it. And then just shush. (laughs) Don't say anything else until a few months before and say, guys, here it is. This is what we're presenting. Because you give people a year or more to mull over what could be. And then their minds just go wild. They get imaginative. They're like, wouldn't it be cool if... And then any list item that they come up with right there that is not in the game is going to get criticized, even if they don't necessarily know to do so uh, openly when they start playing. In the back of their mind, these are things that contributed to the hype and the expectations that were built around a product that has had gorgeous videos and awesome screen art and uh, massive marketing campaign, etc., 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 all used to help bolster pre-sales and all that kind of thing that people just get frustrated and again i don't blame them i don't blame anybody in this case the frustrated people the developers you know they were all they're all kind of hosed and I, I i said this before when i talked about the avengers the avengers didn't have a choice they had to come out when they did if they didn't they were going to be up against assassin's creed destiny cyberpunk And if they waited, then they'd be in the dead man zone of February and March. And, yeah, they would have had to wait an entire year. I kind of think they should have. And I think that so should Cyberpunk. Even though I loved the game and am so grateful I had the opportunity to play it, I'm pretty sure that if I would have had one more year, I would have even more praise to heap upon it. And my nitpicky negative list that I spoke about would have been dramatically shorter. But in any event, that is my long-ass rant about cyberpunk, what I thought, what I loved, what I didn't like as much. If you would like to see a comic about product availability that I discussed at the beginning, or a cyberpunk comic, I have a couple of one-shots that are available right now on Tapastic. I will have the link in the description of the podcast for you to check out. They're both pretty funny. And if you would like to support the project, please visit www.ko-fi.com slash societycasefiles or visit the website at www.societycasefiles.com. Thank you very much for listening. Hope to see you next time. Thanks again. Bye. Bye.